Hey there, friends. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to another episode of Virtually Best Friends Pod. I don't know why I was about to say my name is Sierra, but it is. Um, <laughs> my name is Caitlin. Welcome if you're new here. <laughs> How are you doing today, Caitlin? I am doing pretty well. I am happy that it is Thursday. It's spring break for us, which has been super great. And we have a really great guest today on the podcast. Oh my gosh, so many emotions. But before we can even introduce Brittany and talk about polished concrete, let's get into our thumbs up, thumbs down. Caitlin, what is your thumbs down today? My thumbs down is that there's been a lot going on in Colorado this week. There was a big shooting up in Boulder, and it's just had a really big impact on the state. And it's been pretty emotional this week. So yeah, just trying to process through that. Anybody out there who's also trying to know it's okay to feel a range of emotions. <laughs> For sure. Yes. I think I would have to say that that's my thumbs down. And not only um, just the shooting in, in Colorado, which, I mean, I, I don't say only lightly, lightly at all. Um, definitely something huge, impactful for the country. But when that for that to happen one week after the the mass shooting in Georgia as well, it was yep. definitely a sobering thing to be like, man, you know, it, it's kind of this dark humor joke on the internet where it's just like, you know, like things are opening up in the world and the country again, here comes the mass shootings. And it's, it's awful. And to try to process that even as someone outside of the area and outside of maybe the racial implications of the shootings, it's just, it, it just makes me so sad. It breaks my heart. So definitely thumbs yeah. down here. Absolutely. Well. I, I'm with you. And I think I was texting a friend that night to make sure that she was okay and safe in her apartment. And like, you shouldn't have to text your friends and family to make sure that they're okay when they live five minutes away from that grocery store. And you shouldn't it, have to wonder if you're safe going into a grocery right. store, going into school, going, going into anywhere, a movie it, theater. Oh my gosh. I was so scared. Like I've been scared to go to really big movie premieres back when that was a thing. Like I remember being afraid of going to some of these things because who knows if someone were to come in, I've had thoughts before and I didn't mean for this to get too dark but like I've taken my little brother to like movie premieres that were like you know maybe something really big like Black Panther or something where someone might try to bring it down and I've been like okay like what would I do <laughs> if something like this were to happen how would I keep him safe how would I make sure we're okay and it's just the way that we have to think about this and the way that kids are literally taught to to do these active shooting drills like I just so many reasons to be emotional in this episode, and I did not mean to make this one of them. So, yay, thumbs down. Yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting week for sure, and it just puts so much impact on like think just thinking about day to day things, you know. And it it's tough, but I don't know if there's a but to follow up with that. No but. I just so many thoughts and prayers to everyone's families, and yeah. It's it's pretty tough. I don't really know how we should transition to a thumbs up at this point, but there's no transition. There's no transition. There's no transition. Let's, let's go on to the thumbs up. Some of the things that, you know, made us maybe smile this week. Um, Caitlin, was there something that made you smile? Yes. Um, okay. This is kind of goofy, but as you know, Sierra and I are large, great big fans of the office ladies and they finally came out with the episode i've been waiting for for so long if you listen to the office ladies they progress through every single episode of the office and give inside scoops etc this week they came out with actually i think it was last week's episode with the dinner party which is my hands down absolute favorite episode ever in the office and it just made me smile it is an hour and a half worth of laughs because if you laughed at that episode i can guarantee you will laugh about this podcast episode so they've done some like behind the scene or like bonus interviews and things about that and just the things that kind of went into that like i think um i don't know if john krasinski was talking about it once or something about the scene where he tries to pull the tv away from the from the wall and he was like yeah like that wasn't really scripted that was like just a steve carell thing like the fact that it only went that much and he said i laughed so hard i broke every time he pulled the tv screen 
And I just can only imagine what else was happening. Like that many people, like, of course, in the office, they're always together. They always have to have this comedic timing. But those big characters in one scene, I, I can only imagine. I can't wait to listen to it. I'm really behind. But yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You have to just watch it because John Krasinski... I don't want to spoil it, but he comes onto the podcast and he's talking about that scene. So now you have to go listen to it and everyone out there, first of all, watch the Office episode and then listen to the podcast because, yes, the TV is an inch and a half away from the wall. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh. Okay, what is your thumbs up for the week? No, you think I would have given this more more thought, Caitlin. I I think I have a lot of just random thumbs up. Um. One is that uh, today's a good meal day. I made a lot of small business purchases and Etsy store purchases, and they're all coming today, including my chip cake cookies are coming today. I got a new plant from Etsy that's coming today. Um, I got some other things from Etsy, and they were like, I was getting the shipping notifications as we were recording, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're here. Uh, That's the best feeling. A good mail day. A good mail day. Like, oh, also a thing that came in the mail were these earrings and I tried them on for the first time and you guys can't see me, but I'm wearing my newest piece from Polished Concrete and I have quite the collection of Britney's jewelry. I just love it so much and love supporting everything her business is about, but these are shaped like Monstera leaves. So, you know, I had to get them. I'm a plant obsessed and these are little, like, it's just a minimalistic kind of plant outline in the signature brass color that she likes to use. So I'm just excited oh. about all the things. I have to say, I lo- I've throughout our whole interview, we do this over Google Meet, if you didn't know. And I've been staring at those earrings because I love them so much. And Sierra, you are just rocking them. They're beautiful. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, so that would be my thumbs up. It would just be all just good mail. I got some great things in the mail this week. <laughs> awesome. I totally forgot, Sierra. My other thumbs up is I had my burger. I finally had my burger that I we've been talking about in the last couple episodes. And burger it was watch. <laughs> burger watch twenty twenty one. Oh my gosh. Okay, so okay, describe it. Describe your burger to me. So good. And I I did take a picture, but I did not post it. Okay, so truffle fries were super tasty. That was like the first thing I was most excited about. But this burger is called the Getting Figgy with it. <laughs> I love that. The play on the the jam with that's on the burger. Yes. And it's a patty topped with fig jam, brie cheese, hickory smoked bacon, rosemary, and arugula. And it's just on their regular bun. I honestly don't know oh. what kind it is. But it was literally just the best okay moving on (laughs) moving on from burger watch really important um do you know what else has just been really important hitting like mainstream um social media this week in the last couple of days i don't know i I seem to be off on the trend hannah montana really made a twitter account it is verified what and yeah Hannah Montana's what? coming back. So everyone's speculating. They're like, why did Hannah Montana make this account? Right? That happened like maybe yesterday or two days ago. And then Wait. right after that, Miley Cyrus created a post and she shared this letter that she kind of wrote about like, you know, the Hannah Montana experience. And what? we don't know what's going on, but people are like, is there a reboot coming? Like, what does this mean? Yeah. Um, yeah so that's the big, you know, pop culture moment that's happening right now you can get your own rock star license so basically how she's like hannah montana people are like hennessy tennessee and like you basically you get like you register and you get a name that rhymes with the state (laughs) so that kind of sounds like harry potter online what was that called harry potter um, pottermore pottermore thank you <laughs> yeah, so basically. is it like the hannah montana of pottermores i don't know it, it just seems like they're trying to make it be a cultural comeback but also like rooted in this nostalgia because you know back in the day all of us would be on these computer games or you would you would sign up so that you could right be part of this movement so they're working Whoa. on something that's super interesting because all i this is hot topic too i know that chrissy Teigen left Twitter yesterday. She did, which is also something that was on my radar. Yes. After 10 years, Chrissy Teigen has left Twitter, which, you know, 
a lot of people commented when she made that last tweet in, in a positive manner. I, I agree with them. And this kind of kudos to you for deciding, hey, this is no longer a positive force in my life. It was more yep. dark than it was light. And I recognize that I need to let this go. And as much as I will miss some of her witty tweets or some of the moments seeing the kids and, and John and behind the scenes, I think if that's what she needed to do for herself, then she needed to do it for herself. Good for her. Absolutely. And I think it just brings home that message about self-care. Super essential. There's a lot to the conversation that we could dive right into. But I think we also have a good throwback today, Sierra, that we need to just hop right into. Yes, our throwback for the week. So there was this thing going around on Twitter and on TikTok, and it was talking about how there are certain movies that feel like comfort to you. So imagine like being homesick and you're on the couch watching like Maury or like The Price is Right, eating your soup, like that level of comfort. What was that movie for you? Caitlin Wait, is laughing hysterically at me. <laughs> Were those your six days? Did you you watched Maury on your like, sick days. What did you do on your sick days? I didn't. I watched Arthur. and But then when Arthur ended at 9 a.m., I didn't watch. I wasn't allowed to watch. You watch like stories, what we call the stories, a.k.a. like um, soap operas. Like the, you didn't watch those either. No, <laughs> I didn't. And I part of it, though, I had a TV limit. Mm-hmm. So my brother and I were only allowed to watch like an hour a day. Okay, so maybe your guys, your life is not like mine out there, VBF, when you don't have a comfort six-day go-to with your TV shows. But what is your comfort movie? Okay, my comfort movie, hands down, Sound of Music. Even when you were younger with Sound of Music? Oh, 100%. I actually ruined our VHS player because I watched the puppet scene so many times. <laughs> It seems so on brand for you. I'm not going to lie. Right. right. That feels right for me. (laughs) I can start singing for now. I'm just kidding. I will not do that. Okay. What was your, your comfort? Um, mine was definitely, of course I can never pick one, but when I think back to the days when I used to put VHS and when me and my sister would fight over what we were going to watch, we usually could agree to watch either Matilda, like we will (gasps) chant some of those phrases and lines back to each other, like all the time. I'm like, this is Magnus, like, yes. (laughs) Um, so we watched a lot of Matilda. I loved Hercules, so Hercules was also frequently in our VHS. And Kimmy, I'm bringing you up for like the thousandth episode in a row, but she has never watched, and I feel like you haven't watched it either, and you're going to break my heart, but the second Lion King. Oh, no, I've seen that. Yeah. Simba's Pride. Oh, mean not Simba's Pride, but yeah. But yeah. Yes. Okay. Because there was Lion King one and a half, and then there was Lion King two. Well, no, there was Lion King two before one and a half, right. which doesn't make sense. But right, because it didn't, it didn't, it didn't follow the sense, numerical right? error Ugh, order. But the one with Kiara and Kovu, yes. um, that was one of my favorites. And Kimmy <gasps> no did not watch it. And the one time I tried to get her, like it was, it was the best day ever. Like it's, it sounds ridiculous, That's but there awesome. was one day where she was like, "Okay, we can put this on," and I was like, "Yes, let me get a snack. We're gonna sit on your couch. I'm gonna watch this movie." And I'm pretty sure she fell asleep, and I was devastated watching Lion King singing all the songs, living my best life. But oh that my was goodness, <laughs> I love it. You know what's so funny? I wrote down on my list besides Sound of Music, I wrote down Aladdin and Lion King. Those were my other two movies. Aladdin's a good one. I love Aladdin. Um, and I also wrote down, I don't remember if it was a VHS, but Shrek. <laughs> I think I had that on DVD, but we talked about Shrek last episode. Like that's we a good did. movie. It, I it's think such it a good movie. Up. It holds up because it's ridiculous. It's but also like so, uh, so inappropriate, but also right. just so great. But we were talking about last week our musical devices. Now we're talking about VHS. And I just remember I can still feel it. Like you'd stick your pinky in to like rewind the movie. Mm-hmm. Or like I can still feel like this is very weird that it's like a tactile memory for me, but I can still feel what the remote felt like with like the giant button to rewind things or fast forward. And you could hear that sound. I will say I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound of when you have to put the tape, the VHS in, and then press the yes. rewind so that it can like do its little thing. And then press play and how like it was always annoying when you had to like when you really wanted to watch a movie and you had to watch the whole movie back to you because you yes. had to it. it's like, you like, like I just want this one scene 
Oh, enter the DVD. Yeah, collection. I think I think I saw a TikTok again, TikTok, but I think I saw a TikTok that was like, this was what was really happening, and it showed kind of the mechanism of what happens in the VHS player and how it like basically like opens it up. It takes the tape out, then re recoils it in like what you would have done with your finger, and then puts it back, close it, and then spits it out like that's what it the whole mechanism. What? I know. I don't know if I described that well, but I remember thinking, whoa, like that's what was going on the whole time. <laughs> like that's why that's it was a so big cool. funky machine that was um, making all this I... noise because it would get yeah. like warm and like <laughs> make that sound. Yes. I remember like the temperature would definitely increase. What? Mm-hmm. And I think like we used to use our VHSs too to like, we watched the West Wing all the time as a kid. I remember every Sunday night, but we would tape it and put like the VHS in. And one time I taped over family footage, like on a VHS or like oh, a movie. No. I don't remember which one it you was. Were that person. I was lost that person who forever. <laughs> exactly. Literally lost that memory. Adios. Yeah. Crazy. Oh my goodness. What were our childhoods? Whoa. They were so cool, though. Like I said, like I said in the last episode, I just think it's crazy that we've gotten to see this different, the lifespan of all this technology, because like we even had home phones, right? Like we can talk about that another day. Like what would our first cell phones like put that in a little future throwback would be like just our our cell phone devices, because even that has changed or. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we could talk a lot about home phones. (laughs) We can't. But that's not what we're here to talk about this episode. We are here with our fourth and final installment of our Women in Business series. So throughout this series, if you've been keeping up, we've been getting to chat with some women who are business owners. And we've been um, really fortunate to connect with different types of businesses. So we've had, you know, Chip Kick, who had their cookies. We had um, Christine, who had the Flourish Planner, which is a digital planning device. And we've also had Aisha, who is an artist. So she works in creating these products through her her paintings and through her digital art. So we've been fortunate to talk to a different, different types of businesses. And today we are talking to Brittany, who creates jewelry, but it's not just the jewelry that she does with her business. It's so much deeper than that. Absolutely. It's something that really hit close to home for me, just having experience with what she's passionate about. And I think it's definitely something that the message is incredibly powerful. And I'm really excited for you all to be able to hear this today. For sure. And Brittany is someone that I have just fangirled over for such a long time. I have so many pieces of her jewelry just personally, but my favorite thing about it hands down is that it everything about her jewelry is connected to this deeper mission and she even gives a large percentage of the proceeds back into the mission that she stands behind. And I know we keep alluding, but let me just tell you specifically what it is. So basically, um, Brittany Mays, and she is an amazing person. She's a woman who has a background in STEM. She did a lot of um, things with construction as well as design. And she decided to combine those to create this line, Polished Concrete, inspired by what she was experiencing with her grandmother when she developed Alzheimer's disease. And so a lot of what goes into her business is this idea and the mission that she wants to be able to create a better living environment for Alzheimer's patients and their caregivers, because there are so many things that we or people who have not been directly touched by the disease may not know goes into it. And it's just, it's more than research. It's more than watching you know, your loved one kind of suffer with with memory loss. It's so much more than that in general. But I think there's a lot of things that we don't think about. And she's really trying to build awareness with her brand. And she gives so much of her proceeds back for home costs that, you know, people have to deal with. And so I think it's just so special that she used her grandmother's story and what she went through and what she struggled to deal with with, you know, this whole situation and she's using it as a force for good and to spread it and hopefully help other people and their family. So beyond thrilled, just beyond thrilled to be able to talk to her, to have you her tell you herself what it means to be polished concrete. Yes. So friends, we don't normally say this. You might want to grab a tissue. We've got a great interview for you. So with that, we'll get right to it. 
Hey friends, I'm Sierra. And I'm Caitlin. And we're friends. But we've never met each other in real life. That's because technology allows you to feel like you're virtually best friends with everyone that you meet online, which is pretty cool. Through storytelling, we're able to learn about others' passions and drives and learn what makes them unique. We want to hear your story so that we can become virtually best friends. Hey, everyone. We are here with Brittany, and we are just thrilled to have her here today. So, Brittany, let's just launch right into it. We would love to hear your elevator pitch, a little bit about yourself and about Polished Concrete. Sure. Polished Concrete is a handmade modern jewelry business um, in which I started to literally kind of create Alzheimer's disease awareness. You know, I really felt like my grandmother was diagnosed. Let me go backwards. I'm in 2013 and she needed as she deteriorated, her condition worsened. There were certain things that she needed inside of her home to accommodate these ongoing changes. Um, my background is construction engineering. So I thought that, hey, what is something that I could do that can combine my background and my passion and my love while also, you know, being an advocate for something that doesn't really seem to have a voice? You know, um, there's the Alzheimer's Association, which is huge. But then outside of that, you know, when you think of Alzheimer's disease, it kind of ends there. And I think, you know, as a woman, one of the things with my grandma being diagnosed, it made me think of you know, what about me? So I think really polished concrete is Alzheimer's awareness. Um, it's women supporting women. It's um, kind of STEM and breaking and defining the odds of being a woman in construction and engineering. Um, it's combining my design background as well. But overall, really the greater good is to Alzheimer's awareness. And I felt like with my background, jewelry design, that that was just something I could do effortlessly, you know, that could kind of push. And I had no idea, <laughs> you know, that I thought I was going to be doing an art show. Honestly, when I created my first pieces, I invited my friends over um, as like a launch, like an art exhibit. And literally, I sold all the pieces out that day. So I'm saying all this to say is I don't really have an elevator pitch. <laughs> you know, I just have what it means to me and why it started more so. And really all I could do is speak for the heart. I'm not really trying to sell it, but I can tell you what it's about and, you know, what it means to me. And it's way deeper and way deeper than the jewelry, actually. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, I love I love your like you know I've been a fan of of polished concrete and of Britney's brand for a while. It was actually one of my friends. Um, her name is Katie. She she told she like posted about it. K Fras, yeah, I went to yes, undergrad with her. her. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, she shared about it one day, and I was like, wait, this is amazing. Like, let me look more into it. And then after that, I I don't know. Like, I have so many pieces now, <laughs> and I share about it when I can. But the thing that like just made me really connect with it was just your story about how you wanted to give back and how it, it developed in the first place. Um, so before we get more into the mission, I just wanted to ask a little bit more about the naming of Polished Concrete because it seems like there's a lot there and it's a unique name. So can you tell us a little bit more about the meaning behind it? Sure. So Polished Concrete is kind of like a oxymoron in a sense and kind of of a Irony, you know, polished and concrete. When you think of concrete, you think of something that's grounded, matter of fact, um, flawed, usually walked on. Um, people really don't think much about it. Then you can also associate concrete with the city, metropolitan. That could be my New Jersey, you know, background, which is where I'm from. When I think of the polished part, I think of the appeal being articulate. The definition of the word polished is the visual appearance you get when something is rubbed hard, you know? And I think that in a nutshell, it kind of explains the role of resiliency because how does something rubbing you hard or the wrong way, how can that create shine and, you know, a brightness? And I think with my grandmother's situation with the Alzheimer's, resiliency and being able to adapt to a situation you know, it's common with life. So I kind of looked at it like polished concrete for me is taking something that's bland and that has no design to it. And that polish is really like the coat on something. It's really 
the act of not being honestly it's tough I'm, I'm so sorry so I went to a funeral today and that's with my grandmother um that's really what polished concrete comes from that's all I can really say is really it derives from my grandmother so when I think of what polished concrete and the name everything ultimately ties down to my grandmother and again so to go backwards polished concrete for me is just the the underlying effect that no matter what you go through and no matter how hard something is and no matter how flawed something may be that you can still you know come out flawless you can still come out brilliant you can still come out beautiful you know maybe that that maybe that's what makes you you know all the things that you go through and that you get over maybe that's how you shine at the end and with the jewelry I kind of feel like that is the shine you know it's really the polish aspect of the concrete which is the Alzheimer's disease you know something that's overlooked something that gets walked on and talked about but not really on the stand front so you know it's it's a it's everything with me is a lot of things all in one. <laughs> You know, but it, it can it's it's really how it relates to the person, how it resonates. But I think resiliency is really the the idea of polished concrete, um, making something that's typically not beautiful and turning it into something that's very pretty. Ugly is pretty. <laughs> I absolutely love hearing that meaning, and it just it actually makes me a little bit emotional as someone who's had family members who have died from Alzheimer's recently, wow. so and. Good you know, or wow. dementia and all that, having dealt with it, the resiliency like that I see in you and your brand and all that you do. And it's so true about everybody who is impacted by those diseases. And it's the resiliency that you come up with and you you have you have to find it within yourself. And I I'm just in awe of that. It just what a an I'm amazing sorry, I way. I couldn't put it in the best words, you know. Um I didn't really prep this so much because I thought that if I prepped I would be nervous and maybe I would be trying to be perfect so I kind of just let myself just whatever you guys wanted to ask me be open to so if I do get a little emotional I'm sorry um but you know that's why we're here so yeah no don't be sorry at all this is no. it's the meaning behind the brand it's everything you said I love just that idea of what you were saying with maybe everything that you're going through is is what is making you this this beautiful person you know and just having that that meaning and just this whole like caitlin's when she has her blog is it's lemonade press blog and this idea of turning lemons to lemonade you're lemonade. taking these concrete these hard moments and still finding the way to be resilient through it and so love it just love everything about it so definitely don't <laughs> be <laughs> afraid of your explanations or what like we're getting it we're all I'm hearing like, these we're here it's a less wordy version on my website. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes from your heart and that is it so does. incredibly evident. And and the work that you've put into all of your pieces, it's so obvious that I've got your heart earrings in. Yes, and, it's, and it's, I see it's part of your heart. With the, yes, and don't leave me hanging. I love it. <laughs> you know, I had to when I saw like there was a plant related one. I was like, oh, need these two. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> oh yes. yes. Well, and you know, there's so much that is involved in this. And I wanted to go back to you were talking about your background in STEM and construction, and I would love to know more about how that's influenced your work that you've done. Honestly, it's a huge influence, um, just because material selection, you know, again, I'm going back to my undergrad days at VCU living in Richmond. My first apartment was the old Philip Morris tobacco um, warehouse turned into a loft. And that's when I started realizing, you know, I have a, this weird fascination with um, corrugated metal and perforated and black stainless steel, you know, what's this vibe, you know, that I keep giving off? Why do I like these breweries that are coming into play? And why do I like shipping container houses? You know, what is this, you know, what is this about? And actually when I was at VCU, I did um, visual merchandising. That's how I originally got into design. So when I started pursuing my goal of designing stores, 
that's when I realized that, hey, I don't even really like clothes. I really just like the store. <laughs> you know, I like the, the visual aspect of the store, not the clothes or the mannequins in it. And I realized that I was kind of going down the wrong path. I was going down a path that might have led me to be a creative director for Topshop or Nordstrom. But I realized that my goal was actually the building itself. If I learned, if I already knew how to do the inside, well, why not, you know, challenge myself and start learning how to do the outside? And more along with that journey is when I finished grad school in LA for design and I came back home to Virginia, that was the year that also my grandmother was diagnosed. And I realized that, you know, um, I wanted a career that would be longevity and retail management didn't really seem like something that was glamorous. You know, I was already a retail manager for seven years and I just, you know, felt like you could put a lot in it and you didn't get a lot back. And I felt like if I pursued this um, path with construction engineer, you know, that I could create spaces that made people feel good or, you know, that had some psycho some sort of psychological aspect to it. And ultimately, the end goal would be for me to really, you know, turn that into building Alzheimer's facilities or maybe, um, you know, renovating. I really want to renovate interiors for caregivers, for people who may not be able to put their loved one into facilities because they're so expensive. But these people still have to have a life. They still have to bathe every day. They still have to do, get their hair done. They still, you know, they still have to live. And I think that that's one thing that's often overlooked is that people in those conditions, they need their immediate, you don't take them out of their home and put them to somewhere where there's bright lights and they're confused. That's like a huge no-no, you know, because they need to be around things that are familiar to them, like their home. So I thought that, you know, if I pursued the construction and engineering, that I would learn how to create these spaces and that. I would one day be able to have a space for Alzheimer's patients or their caregivers, or even if I couldn't make the space, I could come to them. And that has really truly been my, the goal even of Polished Concrete because it started so that way I could fund <laughs> maybe having, you know, a construction company or a design business or, you know, that it, it can go off. Um, but I haven't even really dabbled into the construction or engineering since polished concrete because I realized my career was taking me one way and I was going that way but I wasn't watering the seeds that I had planted with polished concrete so I had to kind of have a choice with myself you know do I pursue this path that I've been working on for all these years and with my education and my background you know or do I put all that to the side and focus on where I'm feeling my passion and my mission and my, my purpose is right now. And I left my job last September and it has honestly been the best decision I have ever made because I was always corporate based and nine to five based. I had no idea I was an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> and, and now that I am now I can take everything I've learned and kind of build my own and polish concrete. Hopefully when it's all said and done, will be a lot of different entities, you know, whether it's space planning, whether it's design for Alzheimer's patients and healthcare facilities, whether it's personal renovations for homes, whether it's still continue to make jewelry and sell it, you know, it's a lot of different um, avenues and I'm open to all of them, you know, wherever life not necessarily takes me, but I'm rolling with the punches. <laughs> I think that is like a big theme in what I've been hearing in these last few interviews with people. And it's just really this allowing the passion and allowing these things to kind of maybe interrupt the plan that you think you have and and really follow it and see where it can go. Um, because it's, it's very evident that your grandmother and that um, her diagnosis and everything that's been going that you've experienced in your life with being a family member of someone who has Alzheimer's disease has influenced your life. And that's just so special. If I could ask just what are, are ways that others can get involved? Cause I know there's so many aspects about Alzheimer's disease that we don't know about. And you've touched on a couple of them just about how, you know, maybe the layout of homes, like isn't as conducive as you would want it to be or, um, 
things like that. But your company specifically, you give up a large portion of your product sales does go to helping families with Alzheimer's. So if anyone listening wants to get involved with trying to give back or give their time or anything like that, do you have any resources maybe that they can look to? Honestly, that's what I'm trying to create because I don't necessarily know. You know, I think the Alzheimer's Association really is the biggest playing field, you know, and when it does come to, um, you know, the longest day ever, which is a day in June when it memorizes, um, you know, Alzheimer's disease patients or, you know, June is also Brain Awareness Month as well. So you'll usually see like that company, the Alzheimer's Association. They're, they're the heavy hitters. You usually don't find anybody or any other organization. And that's really kind of what I'm trying to create with Polished Concrete. You know, um, it seemed hard to put Alzheimer's disease awareness on a flag and wave it around. It's not as interesting for some reason, you know, because if it doesn't apply, you let it fly. But, you know, maybe if I can catch your attention, you know, in another aspect, maybe and force you to kind of, hey, I like her jewelry, but okay, wait, this is deeper than the jewelry. Okay, let me see, you know, maybe I can attract you with something else. And that's kind of sort of the tie into it. So if there, if there's anyone listening who has resources that maybe I could use, please let me know, you know, because I, I do feel as though I'm trying to create something that I feel like there is a void. Um, Actually, one resource I do have, and I won't talk a whole lot about it, but um, a couple years back, Seth Rogen actually had a contest um, in which you you write to him about your story and your situation, and they picked, um, it's like it was a grant, and they picked certain families from all over and dedicated um, home care hours. And my family was picked off of what I wrote to him. And that sort of resource, you know, that was 60 hours of a nurse being able to come in and help my grandfather wow. and get my grandmother together, you know, and look at me, I just poured my heart and put it on the paper and for that, you know, to get chosen. And it wasn't even affecting me, you know, this is for somebody who I care about was awesome. So, you know, if someone does want to get involved with Alzheimer's, of course, reach out to me. So that way, maybe we could collaborate and maybe I can help or you can help me. But more importantly, Really, you just have to start with the internet if you really want to dive in because there's there's not that much out there outside of the Alzheimer's Association, unfortunately. Yeah, I so much of what you're saying I resonate with and I, I'm with you. I don't know of many places that offer the kind of support and help that that the circle that Alzheimer's reaches need. And it's just not there. There's the research, but there's not, you don't think about, okay, what kind of settings do you need in order to have somebody live and survive? And what kind of emotional and mental support do like the survivors need too? I mean, but even your spaces, you know, light plays a, a big deal in psychological effects, you know? So when the sun goes down, there's a term called sundowning. And, you know, when the sun went down and started to get dark, my grandmother would kind of react. That's when she... Um, would be a little bit more agitated and slightly aggressive, you know, and it's it's so many things that can be incorporated into how they live, into their environment that can also be conducive to helping them, you know, get through their situation and making it as comfortable for them as possible. And that's what I want to be a part of, you know, when my grandmother asked her condition worsened, she wasn't able to walk. So now she needs a wheelchair. But with the whole house being carpet, you know, how can you roll the wheelchair? So, you know, I was in the place when Polish Concrete first started is that she was going to the, the home house was going to be my muse. And she actually um, passed two months before I could bring it to life. So it kind of stopped me from doing polished concrete, um, maybe for two months or so. And I realized that there's so many more people like me, you know, there's other families. And, you know, while my family member may have um, lost her battle, you know, to this disease, there are still people fighting every, every day and people who love these people who are fighting, you know? So again, yes, it's jewelry. But it's so much more about awareness and me just trying to see how can I create awareness? How can I say, hey, you guys, look at me. Okay, now I have your attention. You can get really cool earrings and 
you can help. <laughs> you know, just because it's it that's that's the only way I could think of at the time that I know I wouldn't have to spend so much um, you know, research on try to do or how do I start a nonprofit? You know, those things take time. But what is something that I could start tomorrow, you know, that might could help my grandmother? And I just, hey, let me go back to jewelry making. I know how to make jewelry. Let me just see how this works out. And it literally has that's it. I haven't looked at. I'm in awe of how you've used your talent with creating incredible jewelry to just bring awareness to such a really important aspect and just so many wow I'm just in awe I love that you're using both of these things that you're so passionate about and really marrying them together Pretty much. <laughs> yes so you've been getting the word out not only about your jewelry but about Alzheimer's awareness as well. And you've done some pop-ups as well around Virginia and, and locally. Um, how do you find those opportunities? And there are, have you found any big advantages to selling at those kinds of pop-ups? Oh, great question. Um, I think working in retail for so long, you know, instantly it was my nature to say, okay, let me just go to a store, you know, because I'm used to being on the other end of it. Um, but I think right now as a small business owner, it's very important, you know, to get yourself out there. You know, that's why these YouTubers and, you know, TikTokers are not even, it's not even really about the money. You know, people like to play, oh, you can make a lot of money being on YouTube. But more importantly, if there's a purpose for what you have going on, then think about the millions of people, you know, who might could support you or help you who don't even know you exist. So I think as a small business, it's very important, um, you know, to kind of put yourself out there. And as a reserved person, not that I didn't ask for help, but just a reserved person, um, it took a lot for me to, I guess, hi, I'm Brittany, you know, this is about me, this is what I do. You know, it, it took a lot of that. And I think if you, if you wanna grow, you have to step out of your comfort zone and pop-ups right now, you know, with the, um, the virus going on and with all the quarantine and social distances, that's kind of the most unique place right now, you know, because so many other venues and large trade shows have been canceled. So being a positive force in your local community, if you start there, then you grow because if you put out a product, these pop-up shops allow you to kind of do a trial and error. You know, I started the pop-up just to see what people react to my stuff and to see what people like my stuff. And in getting that feedback, that's what kind of built my confidence. Like, hey, I might be onto something, you know? So it doesn't have to be a thousand people type of venue. It could be five people who come, but those could be five people who didn't know about your brand yesterday who now know about your brand today. So you can't really, you know, as a small business owner, I would say I will focus less on the profit and the money aspect. And when you focus on the things that really drive your business, like the fact that you're passionate about it, or, you know, this is just a gift that you want to give to the world, you know, you focus on those things and the money and the everything else, it'll come if it's supposed to, or, you know, whatever the case may be, but you should still feel successful. Um, even if you sell one item or you don't, and the pop-up shop is truly like the perfect place to start um, without really having to give so much, you know, before you invest in a storefront or you invest in a mobile truck or you invest in this, you know, maybe pay $25 to $50 and get a table and say, hey, let me just see, let me do a survey even to see if people would like this or if there's a niche here or there's a void here, you know, is there a market for it? But pop-up shops for me have been, um, kind of our start. And honestly, I prefer the pop-ups because you just meet really cool people from all over who want the same thing, something cool, something unique, something handmade. But I would say start with your home. <laughs> that's usually where you probably get the most support. And that's probably where you'll get your best constructive criticism and your feedback that you need in order to take your brand so that way it can reach places like Colorado and that way it can reach places like Alexandria from just me doing pop-up shops in Norfolk you know now when I send my stuff and it goes to I don't know Australia I'm like how did they even find me but they found me at a pop-up <laughs> yes oh my gosh and then like I love what you've been saying just in general about one pop-ups are a great way to 
get more word out and get more um, information out about, you know, the message behind your brand, which is just the awareness aspects. But I also, like you said, it was a great testing environment. Um, what came to mind when you were telling that part of your story was just the fact that you you shared recently, because I follow you, of course, on social media, and you were like, yeah, like one of, like someone came up to the pop-up and was asking me if I had this in a necklace. And I was like, <laughs> no, what I do have is two bracelets and I can make this into a necklace. Do y'all want to see this? Like, and you may, I don't know if you made it on the spot, but you were able to put it together. And like how cool and innovative. And you may not have thought of that yourself without getting that feedback from someone coming up to your shop, you know? Very much. And now that's actually my selling point. You know, since then I was started being like, wow, okay. Because I have been doing that the whole time. You know, I just maybe had never put it on social media. And that's what I mean as far as stepping out of your comfort zone. I'm a private, I'm very talkative, but I'm a very private person, you know? So I usually do things behind the scene and my job is to make it pretty. So that way, when it does get to the public, you don't see all of the 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 hard work and the grit that goes into it. All you see is the polished concrete. You just see the, the final um, product, you know, and I think letting people in on the the work part really and being able at a pop up shop, you know, they can look at my jewelry and say, oh, okay, that's nice. But then when they look over and they see me actually making jewelry, because my sister is a salesperson, she's like our operations manager and everything salespeople manager she's like the absolute best so while she's like talking to people and you know answering questions my head is down you know I'm speaking but I'm really working and I think that even sells in itself you know because some people will look and be like no there's no way she made that and then when you look at me you're like oh but she's making something right there so I think it also gives um authenticity and it also shows you know like hey you can put anything as handmade Okay, we don't know. We're not there. But when you're able to show people like, hey, this is the process of how it gets here, you know, it just creates another sort of um, curiosity, I guess, or appreciation. And I love that you follow that. And you mentioned that the, on the spot because it has actually been growing well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so cool. I was like, yeah, we need that necklace. What do you like, mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, listen, I have so many secrets. It's just... <laughs> Yes, I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, I love that you're talking about how you first started marketing yourself too and going to those pop-ups. If there are people who are kind of in the same boat, who are looking to market themselves, what would be your big piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice for anyone looking to do the same? Presentation is absolutely everything. And I don't mean your outfit or your makeup and those sorts of things. I mean, whatever it is that you're putting out to people. And, you know, so often, you know, maybe our emails are short and not articulate. Um, maybe when we're reaching out to people, we're not putting takeaways. So, for instance, when I reach out for opportunities such as a pop-up shop or, you know, like the farmer's market and I want to be a vendor, Whenever I reach out, I attach a takeaway to it, meaning that I'm going to send you an email and tell you why I'm reaching out to you. But additionally, I'm going to leave you with information so that way outside of this email, you can click open the PDF and say, wow, OK, let me just get an idea, you know, because when somebody opens up an email and there's no visual to it, OK. Okay, you really have to sell yourself. But what if you didn't have to sell yourself and your product sold itself for you? Then you could talk less and your product could talk more, you know? So I think we miss that part. You can have such an amazing concept, but if you don't know how to present it well, then who will ever take it serious, you know, who will actually believe that you're passionate about it or who will actually believe, you know, anything if how you tell the story is a little mixy or not well written or, you know, so for me being a visual person, I think that that has been my, my biggest secret because I find that the average person doesn't take that extra step and taking those extra steps help you stand out amongst other people who are going for the same opportunities that you're trying to go up against. It doesn't have to be competition, 
But I mean, if you if you're looking to get something out of something, then you do want to stand out amongst the crowd. And I mean, because otherwise, why are you even doing it at all? If you want to be like someone else, you know, so you have to be able to have that presence, even if you don't say anything. And I think that that's something that is truly important on anything that you put out um, presentation (laughs) and visuals and takeaways, you know, leave a company or a person with something that after you walk away, they can have a way to contact you. And honestly, maybe get away from the business cards. I find that people take business cards and throw them away, put them in their purse, you know, never look at them again. But, you know, if you had a QR code, you know, posted in front of your stand or something where people at that moment could follow you on Instagram. You know, when people purchase something from me or they like the girl with the necklace, hat, you know, what would be great? You know, do you mind to post for my Instagram? And, you know, most people would love to be a part of something like that, you know? So I was shy at first, like, okay, this could be kind of creepy. You know, do you want to be on my Instagram? But people like helping people and supporting people, you know? So start documenting your stuff too have way more visuals. You wouldn't have known I made stuff on a spot had I not created a visual, you know? So visuals, like have something that can speak without you speaking, you know? If you're helping another customer and somebody walks past, they should still be able to see what you offer, what your prices are, what is this about? But if they have to, if they look and they don't know and they're confused, then you might wanna pull it back and say, hey, okay, what am I missing here? And it's probably signage or something along those lines, but that's what I mean by presentation. Displays, anything, you know, anything, depending on what it is that you're selling, but presentations. <laughs> yes. And your point too about like having a presence and what does that look like? Something memorable and connection. How, how do you connect connection. with your customers? You're talking about Instagram, putting people on and you know, that's something we've learned in the past year. Connection is so incredibly important. How can you connect with people even more? I, yes. I just love that idea. So many gems in there. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I know Caitlin and I, especially, we love shopping with a purpose. And so that's why your shop is, is one of those big ones on my list because I know and I've heard you talk about it and I see it. Like you said, you're a really mission-driven company. Like your company exists, your your jewelry exists because of the reasoning behind it. And um, Caitlin and I value that. So thank you just so much for sharing more about Polished Concrete and, yeah. and your business and your advice for anyone who's looking to share that as well and get involved. I know it's from our conversation, I'm definitely going to be thinking, you know, of, of more ways to maybe contribute to the Alzheimer's efforts, you know, outside of, of buying your jewelry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, you can start there because that still supports the mission. But yes, there are things beyond me. <laughs> no, you know, I, I mean, you, you, you have me now, like yep. <laughs> 100%. You have me. But yeah, no, I, it was definitely like my brain was churning through a lot of that. I have a psychology background and, and we do learn a lot about some of these degenerative diseases and like, you know, a lot of it, like you guys said, are rooted in the research and how can we stop it? And unfortunately, there's a lot of research, but a lot of it ends up kind of being like, yeah, there's no way to stop this. Like we're trying. Research and maybe not so much action. Yeah. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that research isn't great. You know, we need that. We need the statistics. We need because you can only create something based off of history and statistics, you know? So if we are trying to create a cure, find a cure, then we need these facts. But at the same time, you know. <laughs> like what's happening well, in the present? Like what's for the happening right now? now We're affecting it. Yeah. No, very much so. Um, so. I mean, this, a lot of takeaways. Like, like you said, it, it really made me think. And I hope that, you know, everyone else listening to the pod is kind of considering, you know, outside of just what it looks like, because there's a month for everything, right? At this point, there's like heart month, like there's, you know, all types of cancer, they're all important. But um, I think sometimes, like you said, if we're not directly impacted, maybe sometimes we kind of think of it as just this idea of a disease. And we don't maybe think about the people and all the other little life impacts it could have. Um, So thank you for sharing that message with me, because I definitely (laughs) made me think about it a little more. One thing, though, actually, you mentioned it earlier, and it slipped my mind, but I won't 
I will just do a little shout out, actually. Um, there is my favorite architect is Frank Gehry. Um, he makes really cool, minimalistic, deconstructed type of architecture. It's very cool. If you're not familiar with him, please look him up. He's absolutely amazing. But um, recently I went to go visit my mom in Las Vegas and she lives in Nevada and we're driving past on the way to her house. And I'm like, wow, that building looks like a Frank Gehry building. But I know he wasn't in Nevada. I know he doesn't have a building here. So, okay, I'm confused. So, mom, but when we come back downtown, you have to take me back there. Like, that's what, when I go out of town, I like looking architectural buildings. So, we get there, and I'm outside, and it's the coolest building ever, and I'm taking all these pictures, and I see, like, someone who works there, you know? So, it's closed because it was during the pandemic. And I'm like, excuse me, sir, um, I noticed that this is a Frank Gehry building, but... I see it has the Cleveland Clinic on it. Can you tell me how the two meet? This is an architect in a Cleveland Clinic. That particular building is a memory care facility specifically dedicated to Alzheimer's. And I don't know what sent me there. Well, architecturally, but the message was, I mean, goosebumps. I almost started crying. I had just lost my grandmother. You know, so the guy was like, wow, like, this means a lot to you. I'm like, yes, sir. First off, Frank Gehry's my favorite. That's why I stopped. But you're telling me that this building is exactly what I'm here for. You know, I had, it just was very monumental for me. So long story short, he actually let me inside the building, even though it was closed. And that day let me know that I'm on the right track because what Frank Gehry did is he commissioned that building. He knows he's an architect who makes world famous buildings. What he did for that particular Cleveland clinic was say, I will build this building for you, but the proceeds for anyone who uses this building for art events or charities or galas or that sort of effect, the money has to go back directly into the Alzheimer's research. And that just goes to show, so when you ask, you know, how can you support Alzheimer's? There's Lou Ross building in Las Vegas, the Cleveland clinic that is very much dedicated to women and preventative care. You know, my grandmother had that. I always think about, you know, could it happen to me? And they actually have a lot of programs and resources. And I think that's actually next on my list. I would love to partner with them because you, I, that's literally what I want to do. I want to use my art as a way to bring funds and awareness. And Frank Gehry, that's exactly what he did. And that's not even what he does. <laughs> you know, he commissioned that building and he did it specifically um, because his stepfather had Alzheimer's disease. So it affected him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have never put a building in Las Vegas. And he says that, you know, so there are ways in which you have to think outside the box. You know, yeah, you think Alzheimer's, but hey, art and Alzheimer's can go. Jewelry and Alzheimer's can go. You can make anything go polish and concrete goes you know it's two things that don't go you can make whatever shake move however you know that you need you just have to be willing to to see the bigger picture and if you're willing to get through the mud work and the distractions and the, the mixed paint colors then you know you'll be able to see the beauty at the end oh <laughs> uh, i love that what a cool story and an experience i i got chills listening to it so i can only imagine seeing it in person <laughs> oh for, i for felt sure. like i was supposed to be there and that's what i mean when you know that you're on the right path and you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing you feel it every single day you know when i'm making jewelry every day i think hey my grandmother's with me i also think hey you know i hope i'm inspiring somebody for stem you know i hope there are younger um Girls who see that you can go into construction and engineering and still wear heels and still like makeup, you know, and be a girl, you know, I feel like I constantly, constantly um, trying to knock down so many barriers, so many avenues. And I just know that my way of getting through is because I'm doing the right thing. This is what, this is what I'm supposed to do, you know, and there's nothing that's going to stop me. <laughs> Hmm. Amazing. We should have added uh, you to our episode about all the females just breaking these glass ceilings. Because definitely, you are someone that inspires me on so many levels. But with everything what's a, you're what's doing, glass, look, what's a glass ceiling if you could build buildings? <laughs> right? You could just buy. You could just build one without a roof. Like there is no roof in my building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> 
goodness. Okay. Well, we're going to get into our flash round of questions. And so we're going to switch gears a little teeny bit and um, just do some of the questions that are a little silly, a little short answer, but you can elaborate if you want. You don't have nope. to elaborate. <laughs> You're no, already I'm like, I'm shutting I'll, it down. I'll, yes, I would be quick. <laughs> I'm such a wordy person when I'm when I'm nervous and that sort of thing. So no, I'm learning to, I will be quiet. <laughs> All right. Do you whatever makes you feel comfortable. Yep, what, what if one of sure. these questions really inspires you to, to, to go Okay, I won't hold back. But I'll behave. <laughs> <laughs> Your first flash round question is, what is the longest time that you spend working on a piece? <laughs> Honestly, I'm probably only giving myself like 10 minutes. Really? Be- really? really? To because get through it- all of your jewelry? Well, you said a piece. Oh, I did say a piece. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you consider 10 minutes working on like what? creating you know so I don't sketch or figure out I don't pre anything (laughs) I kind of just have my materials in front of me and then I freestyle from there so it's a lot of trial and error so that's why I say I give myself 10 minutes because if I find myself getting a creative block or like this isn't really what I was looking for then I need to be able to take a step back and then revisit it. So if I'm spending too much time on it, then I could be making it wrong. I would rather, you know, me take a step back and then come back and be inspired. So, yeah, I'm only giving myself 10-minute tops. Ooh, <laughs> I'm impressed. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm super impressed. Okay, would you rather run incredibly fast or jump incredibly high? Whoa, I'm going to say run fast. My stomach dropped on the swings I don't do like the drop zone at King's Dominion so I do not want to jump up because coming down I might not make it but running fast <laughs> I didn't even that. think about that <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm the like, same way no I'm the like, same how, way so how do I get down do I jump up and take a ladder down you know but I'm gonna jump up and drop down I'm definitely going to choose to run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love I did not think of that. I'm the same way. I have like the worst. I do not like step. I don't even like it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> choose your accessory. You can only choose one. Would you rather do earrings or necklace? Necklace. Actually, I'm being very nice because I wanted to promote polished concrete. But the reason why I say necklace is because this is my grandmother's necklace and I never take it off. So oh. earrings, you know, if I'm out and about, mm, okay, if I'm on an earring, I'm not thinking about earrings, but I never take this off. So I'll never not be without a necklace. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I can't remember her. Okay. Well, you mentioned it before, but would you prefer Bush Gardens or King's Dominion? King's Dominion. I feel like Bush Gardens, you have to walk to so many different countries. Like, I like everything. Like, I like King's Dominion. I feel like you don't have to walk as far. And then King's Dominion also has this giant Snoopy. And I love Snoopy. So by their, like, kids' playground, you know, because I'm just childish. I know. I got you. Like, I'm I got just childish. <laughs> but King's Dominion, hands down. I had to throw in one of those questions for the for the Virginia peeps that, that know it's good. <laughs> Although, ironically, I've never been to Bush Gardens, but I've gone to King's Dominion like, you know, a thousand times. Um, well, can but- I interrupt your questions and say that if you want to be honest, I'm choosing Six Flags Great Adventure because I'm from New Jersey over both. Okay. <laughs> I love Six Flags. We have a Six Flags in Denver. <laughs> I yep. haven't been to the New Jersey one. I've only been to the, the Six Flags in Maryland. But okay. I'm sure it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Amusement park. Yeah. Okay, Brady, last question. Super important. Did we just become best friends? No, I think we were best friends oh. when like you guys first supported me, reached out to me. <laughs> we were besties a long time ago. So I don't know. You almost creepy. got me. You yeah. <laughs> Had me in the first half. Half had me in the first half. I was like, oh God, my worst fear. Someone actually said no. Okay, so you know, I didn't tell you guys to not take me serious. See, that's what I mean when we're talking about polished concrete, what it means. 
I can go off on a tangent because it's it's very personal for me. But you're asking me questions about funny stuff. You know, it's a different personality. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I so, so appreciate that. I think like I thought this was super cool. I think you guys are super cool. I'm always telling people, especially well before I met you, Caitlin. You know, Ciara thought she was before she made her ambitiously Ciara. You know, and Katie kind of was our connection as well. She's super cool um blogger as well and me I'm kind of getting into that vibe of book clubs and watching other people you know because I want other people to watch me because that's now what I want to get into you know so I just think you guys having a platform in which you're supporting other women you know asking about people's brand and giving them a chance to speak on the things that matter to them whether it's because you want to sell something or not even if I didn't have a product I would have loved to come up here and just talk about what Alzheimer's awareness means to me even if I didn't have a product to sell you know and I think it's important that as women we give each other that opportunity and I think you guys are awesome so I know that like now I've already way spoken past your limit <laughs> you're probably like you're okay totally we're never gonna put her back on the podcast maybe when we have three hours <laughs> I seriously have just loved hearing your story and I know just there's so much admiration for you and what you are doing and all that you are working towards and uh we're we're so excited to see where polished concrete goes and where it soars just thrilled. So thank you so much for being willing to share today with us. We really, really appreciate it. And for anyone out there listening, we hope that you will take this opportunity to go check out Brittany and Polish Concrete. You can check her out at polishconcreteshop.com or on Instagram at polishconcrete underscore shop. Yes, <laughs> but truly thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, ladies. <laughs> See you next Thursday. <laughs>